Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rogue Dad RV Life Podcast. I am your host, George, and this episode is Tales from the Trip. Uh, We recently had a storm out here in California, and because I don't plan things very well and had other plans fall through, I decided it would be a good time to take a trip in the middle of a blizzard. (laughs) Okay, it wasn't a blizzard, but it was a pretty bad storm, and this trip definitely had its moments so sit back and like the old folks used to say i'm gonna spin a yarn i think that's what they said i'm gonna tell a story sorry for interrupting the podcast everybody but i wanted to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor Body Buds Bomb. Body Buds is a THC, that's right, THC infused bomb that's made with just four ingredients. Body Buds is made with a 50-50 shea butter to coconut oil blend, a little bit of beeswax as a thickening agent, and your choice of essential oil, eucalyptus, coconut, lavender vanilla, and my favorite, honey almond. Body Buds is made in small batches with a cup-to-cup ratio, so that means that for every cup of butter oil base that goes into the infuser, a cup of organically grown premium flour and trim is also put in. Bottom line, it's strong. And you know from listening to the show that I've been doing MMA and going to gyms for years, I got all kinds of pains and aches. And I can attest that after trying CBD, Advil, BioFreeze, that Body Buds Bomb will be a game changer for your pain management. I also gave a jar to a friend that had psoriasis, and I'm not saying it cured her psoriasis, but I am saying that it took the pain and itching away, which meant she wasn't scratching it, and that allowed it to heal. So check them out. Go to www.bodybuds.com. That's body, B-U-D-D-Z. You can also find them on Instagram at bodybudsbomb and on Facebook. Body Buds. It's the bomb. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome, everybody. Friends, family, RVers, and rogue dads. Boy, man, this last uh, trip I went on was definitely a doozy. Uh, Like I mentioned, we had a really big storm out here. Uh, It was just so cold. And so I had originally planned to go out to Arizona to visit my grandfather. He uh, had planned a trip out there and he was going to meet up with some of his friends in San Diego and then head up to Arizona and out there by Slab City. Uh, I think there's another one out there, not Slab City, but one similar like it out there that he was going to stay on. It was the uh, Bureau of Land Management uh, area. And because of the weather, he left early and our paths did not cross unfortunately but because i had already planned to go uh teresa had made plans because she had taken time off in order for us to spend time with my grandfather and then when his plans changed she couldn't go back and like say oh well i don't want this time off you know she'd already kind of scheduled it and everything so 
unfortunately she had to work and Rogue and I went on this trip uh, father-daughter style. So the plan was I wanted to take her. So because the plans fell through and I had already planned to go to Arizona and I had also wanted to go see my Uncle Steve and my cousin Steven who live out in Phoenix. Uh, so I wanted to, you know, two birds, one stone kind of thing. And unfortunately, Steven was out of town. So it just kind of didn't uh, line up. This just From the beginning, this trip was uh, not in the stars. Uh, so I said, fuck it. I am going to go and uh, Rogue, you and I, we're going to go and do this anyway. And I had asked a couple of friends what they suggested that was out there that was worth seeing. And numerous people said Salvation Mountain and Slab City were both worth going out and checking out. So that's where we went. Uh, but like I said, there was a storm and it was not an easy trip. Let me tell you. Uh, the first day we left, uh, GPS took us, uh, cause I'd never been there before. So I totally relied on GPS and it took us through the Ortega highway. I believe it's highway 74. Uh, and that was a windy, gusty, wind gusty road, man. There were some parts of it where I was going like 35 miles an hour with my wheel turned complete. Like it looked like I was making a right hand turn, but I was going straight because the wind was gusting so much and just pushing in the RV. And the thing with the wind is that's exactly what it was. It was a gust of wind uh, sporadically. So it wasn't just one constant uh, push on the RV. It would be a little push and then a big gust. And a little push and then a big gust. And if you go with the wind, like let's say the wind is pushing up against your driver's side, uh, or I'm sorry, your passenger side of your RV, like it was with me. So I'm driving and it would just push on it. And if you went with it, like with the wind at all, instead of against it, man, it exaggerated it so much. Even just letting loose of the wheel to get a, a grip again was enough to rock the RV back and forth, back and forth, where I had to like almost hit the brakes and not come to a complete stop, but definitely, definitely come down to like 15 miles an hour, uh, which I'm sure did not make the people behind me very happy. But uh, as my friend Steve Green likes to say, uh, you're an RV, they'll move. <laughs> uh, so we head out there and man, unfortunately, the gust of wind caught the awning on the side of the RV and un it unhitched and it started flapping away from the RV and slamming back into it. So the wind would catch it, it would go out a few feet and then it would just slam right back in it because it's on a recoil. Uh, it recoils back in, it's on a coil. And let me tell you, the first time it happened, I thought I blew a tire because uh, it was so loud. 
it was just a giant boom on the side of the RV. And man, I didn't know what was going on. And then the thing is, I was looking down in the rear view mirrors because like I said, I thought it was uh, a blown tire or something I hit. But then I, it happened again. I'm like, oh shit, that, it's not a tire. I don't feel I'm off at all. Like, you know, leaning one way or the other. And I caught a view of the arm going back and forth. Came out and slammed back. And I was like, oh shit, it's the awning. So unfortunately, there wasn't much of a shoulder. It was just like some rocks and then like bushes, desert bushes all along this fucking highway. So I now I got to slow down on a shoulder that has nothing with cars behind me. And I'm just going to the side, going to the side, going to the side. And the cars behind me didn't want to go around me because there was traffic coming the opposite way. So I'm just a fucking hot mess out there. I pull over finally uh, enough to where I just get out. I latch it all up. I gorilla tape that shit up and just get going. So then when I finally find a spot that, you know, like a, a turnout and man, it just ripped probably about three or four feet on either side of the awning. And I just duct taped it up as good as I could. I duct taped the arms that extend out. Uh, so it couldn't do that anymore and got back on the road. So then the gust of wind continues, but the further we get in, the or the further we go down the road, then the storm starts and it starts raining. And I'm thinking, all right, I got about three days. It's supposed to take me, GPS said, about three and a half hours to get there. <laughs> I'm already about three hours into this trip because I'm driving... 35, 45 miles an hour. So it took so long just to get very, not even that far. As a matter of fact, I got to Banning and it was raining so bad that I just typed in Elks Lodge in the area and it was Banning, I believe Buford. I, I think I'm saying that right. Buford, Banning. I know it was Banning, uh, Elks Lodge. Shout out to them. It, they were awesome, man. We got there and they were having, they were celebrating their birthdays. So they had a little bit of cake, they had taco night, uh, and they were super nice. It was $25 to stay there a night for with full hookups. I had electric, I had water, and it just poured. It was just raining. Like, it hailed a little bit. It was just thick, dumping rain. And... We just stayed in the RV. I, I did a bunch of cleaning. I rearranged a bunch of the Legos and, you know, just cleaned the fuck out of this thing. And, you know, Rogi, you were uh, just watching the iPad because, to be honest, we could only play so many games. And uh, I don't blame you. It was a little boring. We couldn't even go out very much. The uh, Tyson didn't want to go out to take a piss. It was just pouring. It was miserable. Uh, but the next morning, surprisingly, the sun came out and I took that as an opportunity to get on the road and we got back out there and we, uh, I think after banning, I 
I can't remember what the next, but we made it to Salvation Mountain. Uh, Imperial, oh, Lake Elsinore, Imperial, uh, Imperial Valley, I believe it's called. Anyway, we get to Salvation Mountain, and once again, the weather just slows us down. Now, the shitty thing about driving in the wind and against the wind is that it just kills your gas because you're just having to push the gas down. You're going nowhere. And so we had to top off quite a few times because I never let it get past half because I didn't know where the fuck I was. I didn't know if we were going to have to pull over and use a generator. I didn't. So I was constantly pulling over and filling up gas and it was adding up quick. And I left cash. Uh, I didn't deposit a bunch of cash when I got paid so that when I got there, I know it's a little cheaper with cash than it is with credit. And to be honest, I know in the middle of fucking nowhere, uh, a lot of places, not a lot, but some places don't even take cards. It's cash only. So I uh, just kept cash on me and had to kept getting, kept getting gas. And finally, we get to Salvation Mountain at, when like the sun's going down. And get there I get some water and one of the things that my buddy Dave told me was that when you get there everyone's super cool and uh you know just be nice he t- suggested that I bring an extra six pack which I don't even drink beer so uh I didn't buy any but I thought okay I drink water I'll bring a bunch of extra water maybe these dudes and chicks will be cool with that and I went to this liquor store before uh, Slab Mountain, or I'm sorry, Salvation Mountain, and I go in there, and man, these people were just downtrodden. They're just beat down. Uh, and I, I'm really trying not to be judgmental. I'm, I'm really trying not to judge people in their circumstances and be open and, you know, know that everybody's going through their shit. But fucking slab city and salvation mountain is where people go when they've just given up it was the most depressing bummed out vibe i had been around and dude i've been to prison prisoners were happier than these fucking people uh it was so dirty and you're out in the middle of nowhere it's the dust and the sun's going down and i'm thinking to myself there is fucking no way no way in hell that me and my daughter are going to stay here after dark. Now, I can defend myself. Uh, and the truth is, if it came down to rogue safety, I, I don't think that the, other than John Jones, there's too many people that could stop me from keeping her safe. I'll, dude, I'd bite, I'll grab fucking your dick. I don't care. If it came to rogue safety, it's all bets are off. Anything's legal. Uh, but it wasn't our safety that I was concerned about as much as the RV's safety and the compartments down below and just everything, man. Everything. Uh, I When I was driving by, someone said, do they have these... Uh, if you've ever been farming or if you've ever been on a farm, they have these giant, I believe they're 
500 gallon square water containers. Sometimes there's uh, pesticides, different farms use them for different things, but they're usually square and they're encased in a metal cage. Uh, there was a bunch of those out there just next to uh, like a minivan. And that was their water supply. And they're just living in this minivan out in the middle of nowhere. It looked like Mad Max. It looked like the apocalypse. And I'm trying to think to myself, I had some really cool people suggest this mountain. Uh, I had people tell me they met cool people out there. I'm like, I did not see any of that. And mind you, it might have been because of the storm. It might, But where the fuck are these people going to go? Where are all these cool people going to go when they live out there and there's nothing around? Like, I just, it was such a trip. And to have gone through what I had went through to get there and then to find that, it just, man, it was just too much. There goes Tyson. Go. He's over here snoring. Anyway, so I get there. We walk up. It, it is a sight. It, it is a sight to see. Uh, if Teresa wants to go back or if Rogue wants to go back or anybody, uh, I would take them there just because it's something to see. It's Painted Mountain. Uh it just says Jesus saves, Jesus loves, and all this other stuff, like some Proverbs and uh, these Bible verses painted on the mountain. And then there's like this uh, airplane graveyard type area where all these diesels and everything. And like, uh, you know, it was just like this machine graveyard, which was kind of cool. But here's the clincher. You're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I pull up to Salvation Mountain. There's random RVs and cars throughout the area uh and i get there and i see this beat up dilapidated minivan and the door opens and this dude comes out and he's just dirty there's no other way to put it he's just fucking dirty uh and he starts walking to us so i'm filming but as soon as i see him walking towards me i'm like okay i'm probably gonna need both hands if this guy gets weird uh, so I call Rogue over to me. I call Tyson over to me. And he tells me the dog needs to be on a leash. <laughs> I'm in the middle of nowhere. There's no one around me. There's no other humans other than me and this dude. And I go, what do you mean he needs to be on a leash? We're in, who the fuck are you? He goes, well, I volunteer. Uh, it's kind of my thing to... This is an art exhibit. We have a deal with the county. Now, mind you, there are signs. Uh, in his defense, there are signs and some pretty big ones that say dogs need to be on a leash. There's some donation signs. There's, uh, I think there was this thing that you could go read about the art that was there. And, but it was all like made with pallets. It, it definitely wasn't anything the city had anything to do with. It was definitely a makeshift thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for him to come up and try to police it just felt so weird. It felt so weird. So he tells me, uh, I go, all right. So I, I go and get Tyson on a leash and I come back. And then he says, oh, well, we're actually closed. I said, who the fuck says you're clear? You're in the middle of nowhere, dude. There's no one here. Who the fuck are you? to come? And 
he's like, look, man, I'm not trying to argue with you. I don't want to get any, you know, I'm not trying to start shit. I'm just letting you know the deal we have with the county. They let us do this. If we close their store, I go, listen, there's signs leaning up, leading up to this down the road that say, uh, salvation's ahead. Uh, welcome. Uh, we're open. There's one like 10 feet from me that said, we're open. Now, mind you, Rogue is off climbing all over this thing. And he's trying to tell me that we're not allowed on it. And there are signs and fences out there, but she didn't go too, too far into it. But dude, we had just drove a day, a, a, a day when it was three hours away by GPS. I just went, my awning ripped. Uh, I just froze my ass off the night before it was raining. There was no way I was going to fucking let this dude, this fucking slack jawed yokel tell me that I'm not going to see this. There's no way. So as he's like trying to tell me and uh, I'm just kind of ignoring him. I'm just going, okay, dude. Okay. But I'm not calling rogue back and I'm, I'm not stopping walking towards it. And he comes up and then some other dude pulls up in some beat ass minivan and he's like, Hey, he says hi to the dude. And he tells the dude that he got the signs. So I guess they do have signs and he went to go pick them up and they were closing the art exhibit or whatever. But the guy is like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Uh, he's all nice rig. I go, thanks man. He goes, Did you spend in the night. And I'm like, fuck no, I'm not, man. I'm, you know what, Rogue? Let's go. I'm out of here. Uh, one dude is dealable. I can deal with that, you know. Uh, and because, listen, I, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be a tough guy or anything. But when you're in the middle of nowhere and some dude pops out of a fucking minivan, your first instinct has a human, I would think, not just a dude, not just a guy who does MMA, not just a father or a parent, but your first instinct has a human, I would think, would be, who the fuck is this guy? I need to be safe. You're in the middle of nowhere. And with two people, I'm definitely thinking, okay, there might even be a third popping out. Maybe like this guy is going to do one of them whistles and everyone's going to come out of the woodworks and... You know, I'm surrounded. Next thing you know, me and Rogue are walking home. And uh, so I'm just like, nah, man, I'm not spending the night. And I just fucking boogied on out of there. So then on the way out, we go by Slab City. Driving by there, I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) There's no way I'm spending the night there either. So we just keep trucking. Now the sun's down. Uh... I will say that watching the sun go down over all like the uh, that uh, machine graveyard I was saying talking about was pretty cool. Uh, it was an interesting view, but I was driving. Uh, I just kind of wanted to get out of the desert ish area and get to some type of gas station, some type of rest stop area uh, in order to sleep. I didn't want to just pull over the side of the road where it was so dark. It was so dark out there. There's no like city lights or anything. And so we're driving, we're driving, we're driving. And I see a Calipat sign. A Calipatria State Prison sign. And it just snuck up on me. I 
didn't even put two and two together that I'm out there. Uh, so there's Calipatria out there. There's Ironwood. There's Sentinella. There's all kinds of prisons out there. But let me tell you something about Calipat. I've done time in some places. And the thing about Calipatria is that was the most violent place I had ever been. I was there on the level four yard and it is just violence all the time. Uh, I did my longest lockdown there. Uh, it, it just has a, uh, a spooky, I, I, again, that's just the best way I can put it. It has a spooky vibe with me because I have seen some shit there. Now, mind you, I have been to, uh, Folsom, I've been to San Quentin, uh, Chino, uh, and uh, the places that have bad reputations, they got those reputations from like the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. The newer prisons, and the reason why there is violence on prison yards to begin with, because when you first get there, it's all about territory. It's all about these Benches are this races, this workout area is this races, this basketball court is this races, and everything has to be established, and that gets established through violence. Unfortunately, there, there's really not much talking until the violence has happened. So when you get new prisons opening up, like a Calipatria, a Ironwood, uh, you know, a Sentinella, a Lancaster, no, Lancaster's been around for a long time, but you get these new prisons. Territory has to be established. And that's what happens in like places like Calipat when a new yard opens or, you know, a yard gets flipped. Uh, but I say that because driving past there was a mindfuck for me because the last time I drove past there, I drove into it and I was on a bus and I was shackled with a bunch of other dudes and it was probably after a long, long, long day and a half bus ride. And I rode out of there the same way because I never got released from there. I only got transferred. So to drive past there the second time free in an RV with my daughter after spending two years there as an inmate during some very rough times. Listen, I have friends that are listening to us that I know from prison. I know Joe, my boy, up in Oregon. Uh, you know, I, there's a couple other guys that I, I get some love from on Instagram and everything. Uh, Jeff Weaver, my boy. You know, you guys know. Y- you know. And it's a very hard thing to explain to people who don't know, but man, Calipat was just fucking rocking and rolling. And so to drive past there has, I, I couldn't be any freer. I couldn't be any freer. I had my kid. Uh, I, I, I mean, dude, I was all alone. I had money. I was in the RV. I could go anywhere I wanted. So it was just a weird dichotomy of the last time I saw that place. I was, I couldn't be more unfree. And then this time I was so free. And man, it just set a vibe. I almost drived up to it. I almost drived up to it just to fucking like torture myself, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But I kept going, kept going. And then we ended up on 
Highway 8. Now, now, I wish I would have kept better track of where I was going because I had the GPS up the whole time because, like I said, I didn't know where the fuck I was going. But, so we get on Highway 8 and we're driving and driving and then I see brake lights. And it's, it's dark. It's night. It's probably like, I want to say 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, and... I see these brake lights all up in a row on a hill up ahead of me. And I get there, and then I start seeing the cop car at the very front leading the pack going back and forth, back and forth across the lanes. And I'm thinking, oh, man, we're going to be here all night. But when I get up there, it was a dead stop, and they even stopped traffic behind me like two cars and held them back a while behind me uh and in front of me was a diesel rig with a 40 foot i'm assuming it was 40 foot just because my experience with diesels my grandfather but uh empty trailer and he's in front of me and we're at a dead stop on a hill and there's a cop suv towards my outside my uh passenger side door and we're just out of stop and i can't really see anything going on but then a cop comes walking up behind me and i see his got his hand on my the side of the rv the whole time and then i realize it's to steady himself and he comes up and he comes up to the driver's side door he grabs my window you know and he's trying to not slip and he's holding the uh rv to sturdy himself and I go, what's going on? He's like, uh, the road's icy. Uh, can you go any, can you go at all? And so we all try to go and I get a little bit, but the tires are just spinning. And unfortunately I start sliding diagonal. I have never experienced that. I've never, I've lived in California pretty much my whole life and the places that I've been didn't snow like that. I've never experienced that on a road. And it was, I, I want to say it was one of the scariest things I've ever had to experience. Uh, because then I start seeing the lights ahead of me also sliding. So now we're all going towards the side of this road, the shoulder of the road. And I, remember I told you I had a diesel truck in front of me and I'm thinking to myself fuck I wish that truck had a load because I feel like if it had a load it would be heavier and it wouldn't be sliding like maybe the weight of the load would allow it to get traction but we're sliding and I just I stop and we're still kind of drifting a little bit to the side and in that moment I'm thinking to myself okay if we slide all the way over the shoulder I'm gonna hit this SUV and then this truck ahead of me is going to slide back and hit us both. We're all going over the side. I am fucking tripping. And it's so weird because when you're sitting in the driver's seat and your vehicle is sliding, you kind of try to like lean the opposite way. Like that has some effect in what's going to happen. <laughs> but believe me, it doesn't do shit. Uh, and I'm thinking this truck ahead of me is I can see the lights getting closer to me. And I'm thinking in that moment, 
I need to grab Rogue. If this truck hits me, I'm grabbing her. We're jumping the fuck out of this car. We're jumping the fuck out of this RV. I'm telling her, get her socks on. Of course, she's arguing with me because she's just laying there. She has no idea what's going on. It's so late. She's just chilling. And somehow, everyone stops. And I'm just there. I don't know if I should put it in park. I don't know if I should put the emergency brake on. I don't know what to do because I've never been in this situation. Well, the police start getting, they pull up a couple SUVs, pull up with chains on and they start pushing, getting behind people and pushing their bumper, bumper to bumper over the hill. And then I guess on the other side of the hill where the wind wasn't caught in this, like, I don't know, but they were saying that it wasn't as icy on the other side. And then you get there too. And they had a, uh, not a bulldozer, but a, uh, like a backhoe dumping dirt on the road to give it traction. And so they also tell us like, once you're over to the side or once you're over the mountain, the, the top of the mountain, go to the shoulder. Cause the road is icy, not the shoulder. So somehow this diesel ahead of me gets up there. He's over. He's good. Now it's my turn. They get behind me. They start pushing with the truck with their SUV and my tires are just spinning, but I'm not going backwards. I'm going very, very, very slow up to the top of the mountain. Finally get over. I pull over to the shoulder and I'm just, I had to be shaking. Like I, I was so scared. I'm just like, I grab a rogue. I, I literally get out of the RV just because I wanted to stand on solid ground. I pull over to this little turnout and cars are going by and like it, it was just a very 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 scary moment that fucking i never want to relive and i don't i wish i knew what hill it was i know we were on highway eight but we i ended up pulling over to this little rest area where this gas station was and when we woke up in the morning it, a lot of snow out there actually ice uh and we end up going to the Acorn Casino. And I go, okay, I'm going to get gas. Maybe we can get some breakfast. Get, uh, you know, uh, just get out of the RV for a minute. I just wanted to get out of it just because, I mean, fuck, dude. Uh, by then we had been in it. Uh, I had taken her out on some hikes and some cool stuff. And, you know, but for the most part, we had been stormed in the RV. Uh, and I, I was just feeling bad for everybody, man, the dog rogue. And, you know, I just wanted to get the fuck out of the RV. So we go in the casino and we get some breakfast and get back out on the road. I go to leave the, uh, the, the, uh, casino and it's, it's the same thing. The road is covered in ice. And so the guy just tells me, all right, just pull over, just wait. The sun's coming out, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll melt. And so that's what we do. And. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to go get gas before we leave. I go and I had $200 bills. And to make matters worse, dude, they just up and disappeared. I'm going to get gas. I'm thinking, okay, I got these $100 bills, you know, and then I can't find them. I'm thinking they're in maybe another hoodie pocket, another pants pocket. Maybe I drop them in the RV. Maybe I drop them out. I'm just searching everywhere. Rogue's still hungry. I'm like doing all this shit. And on top of it, I lose 200 bucks. 
So this trip just could not get worse, man. It just could not get worse. And so we start driving home and the storm just ends. Like as quick as it came, it just ended. And we're headed back and I hate to say it, but I just wanted to stop driving. I just wanted to take a break and just stop driving because dude, it was so hard. It was so hard to drive in that weather and that condition. And I mean, it was a mistake taking this trip, but I appreciate what this trip showed me. Uh, I do feel like me and Rogue, I don't, I don't want to say connected because I, I've never not felt connected to her. You know, she's always been my little girl, but it was, I, I don't think she understood the gravity or understands the gravity of some of the situation we were in, but she definitely caught that, you know, the storm was a lot. I mean, the, the rain that first night was a lot and, you know, she, uh, we went to the store together a lot and we just did a lot of different little things, uh, for th two, three days. And, you know, normally I'm working or I'm not spending that much time with her, like an all day thing, but this time it was, and it was really cool. And so we're driving back and we stop in San Diego and their Elks Lodge is booked up for fucking months. We stop and we see the seals and... Yeah, it ended up being kind of a cool trip because she had never seen seals before. She had never seen snow. Well, yeah, actually, she's seen snow, but not with me. Uh, and it, man, it, it kind of showed me what to expect. I mean, I went through some of the worst weather. It was some of the worst weather California had seen in a long time, and I made it, and I got home, and we took the RV to the car wash. I did all the air and the tires. We did everything. I'm going to go tomorrow and, you know, do an oil change and get it all hooked up again. And man, this, this thing put in some miles. It, it earned its uh, keep and I appreciate it. I, I want to keep taking care of this RV because man, it, it muscled through that storm was no joke. And, you know, I really wanted to get this podcast episode done because you know, Rogi, I want you to remember this. Uh, I want you to, because we have videos and everything, but you're probably going to forget about this. And I just want you to be able to have this where you can pull it up and say, oh, I remember that trip. Even if it's me reminding you of it. Uh, we made snow angels. Uh, you know, it, we read a lot of stories. We went to the... Uh, any park we went to. I tried to go to as many state parks as possible just because we got the state park pass and I wanted to get her and Tyson out as much as I could. And so we went to a lot of state parks, even if it was just for a minute, just to go see the visitor center and let her do some things, you know, education and stuff wise. But, you know, Rogi, you know, we had a good time uh, in a bad situation. You know, we had our laughs and, you know, uh, your dad loves you and we did it. So... There you go. That's the uh, tales from the trip. Uh, I, I did meet some cool people along the way here and there. You know, the Elks Lodge were very nice. Um, the places we stayed. and It wasn't like any one person made anything. It was just the weather, man. It was the weather. And yeah, I uh, don't recommend doing it again. I don't recommend anybody else doing it. But I don't think there's going to be a storm like this 
in a long time because I've never seen one like that. Uh, they got snow in Chino, man. They got snow in Venice Beach. Like, it was just crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened. And I appreciate you listening. And remember, Mar- uh, so April 1st, we got Santa Maria. And we also have Laughlin Tattoo Convention that Body Buds will be at. And we will see you later. All right, Rogi, I love you. Don't be afraid to go rogue. And I'll see you when I see you. Later.